That's it. Just like that. Hold that pose right there. Are you sure this is good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hold that pose. Work it, girl. Yeah, you're a little kitten. You're a bad little kitten. Meow. Say it. Say meow. M meow. Yeah, you're a lioness. Say roar. Roar. Yeah, just like that. Now you're a tiger. Show me. You're a tiger. Claw on the camera. Show it to me. Roar. I think that's good for today's session. All right, guys, we are on video on YouTube.com slash talkmurdertome.net. So go I don't there. I don't think there's the .net, but... <laughs> so go to YouTube. No, I was actually going to ask that because that would, you know, that would be a unique handle. So we got uh, YouTube going, and it's actually, we did a little bit of work on the studio. kind of looks more like a studio. We're trying to look like Joe Rogan's studio. It's getting there. Yeah. We need some more fun lights. We just need another $20 million. Right. Chip it away. Yeah, we need some more fun lights. <laughs> <laughs> Chipping away at it. So the hint tonight was unicorn. So Nicole, where are we going and who are we killing? I really didn't put much thought into um, yeah, my guess. I was guess. hoping this would be like pink and all well, nice. Well, we, you gave us the hint Five minutes before we started, and we the the drink that it was supposed to be is actually purple. It's called. It tastes like a um a sweet one of those hard candies. It's good. One of those it like is... strawberry hard candies. Yeah, the ones that are the ones that are wrapped in strawberry wrapping yes, paper that you that's... find at Nana's house. Yeah. Yes. Or Mama's house. Yeah. Or Mimi or um <clears throat> Mima. So I think we're going to. Texas tonight, and I think this is an 80s case similar to like the Dungeons and Dragons. Like, there's there's some mythical, yeah, some kids who are into some some mythical beings that goes wrong and they murder somebody. I think together. I think we're going to the time of the Ark and how the unicorns were killed off. <laughs> they didn't make it onto Noah's Ark. I I was shopping for a birthday card for someone the other day, and there was one that like had a picture of two unicorns, and the boat had already left her. Like, crap, this was today. It was. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that would happen to me. But this drink is very good. It was supposed to be, what was it called? Unicorn Tears? I think so. So it's raspberry liqueur, vodka, lemonade, and grenadine. And it's very good, but it almost looks like it looks like the unicorn blood one that was listed as well. So it's a unicorn something or other. Yeah. And it's pretty good. It's tasty. It is. There's a song about the unicorns and the ark. And I don't remember what it uh, like. There's a song about that? Yeah. It's it's like an old Irish song about the, the ark and like how the unicorns missed the boat. Yeah, literally. I, I, <laughs> yeah. But don't they fly? Can't they just fly over the water? That's a the Pegasus. Hegesis. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, there could be a unicorn. I mean, like unicorns probably were real because there probably was like a bone on the horse's head, and yeah. it probably well, just like didn't a narwhal, need it. right? Yeah, narwhal. Yeah, just Narwhals like us. Like we used to have tails. That's what yeah. we had. I do tail remember bone. seeing some something that was um 
a, it had a picture of a giraffe and like the super long neck of a giraffe. I was like, okay, it, would a unicorn really be that outrageous to see? You right. know, if if a giraffe's still living. <laughs> surprise shot, surprise shot. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Wow, this they sound really good today. So thanks, guys, for if you fixed them recently. Well, I fixed the the thing that was that came off that one hinge. Yeah, so thank you so much to our fans that uh, bought us those, or gin those bongos. Yeah, I love these bongos. I also still don't know where my, my original parking lot bongos are. They are somewhere in that house. It might be in my car. I didn't even look there. <laughs> is there more of it Who so that we might... Is texting there me? is Will? not more of it. But cheers. cheers. I'm not going to drink it. I'm pouring my coffee. Ooh, is this an eggnog shot? You said there's not more of it. There's not more of it, but it's a surprise shot. Uh, Jen and I, I just drank it. it. Drink half Drink of it, half then pour of it. What the hell is this guy texting me so much oh for? Oh my god, I don't know. Is that eggnog? It was not eggnog. I mean, what I meant to say is, why is all these women texting me? You wish. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Also, <laughs> you're married <laughs> yeah. to me, asshole. <laughs> We're still in that year period. That trial run. <laughs> that trial. Where there's some sort of warranty. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> it was... Horchata. Ooh, I like that very much. Ooh, right. it was like Car Carvada Horchata. I don't remember what the brand name was. But Carvana. I know what you're talking like about. Something like that. And it's like cinnamon. Yeah, it was tasty. I like that better than rum chata. The hint tonight was unicorn. And go to talkmurder.com to see all the photos and all the videos from tonight's story for you guys on YouTube. And like I said, this will be on YouTube and you will be able to see the photos on the uh, TV screen there if you're looking on the video. But they're not going to be very high definition, so still go to talkmore.com and click on them ads. Once upon a time that hasn't happened yet, there will be a spaceship called the Infinity. And steering the Infinity among the heavenly bodies will be the most heavenly body of them uh, all. I don't want to watch a porn. Galaxina, a dream machine, transistorized <laughs> dream machine. and computerized to lead her space buddies across the farthest reaches of fantastic adventure. Why is her hand a computer? Venusian Thunder Ripple, 2001, a great year. Great. Galaxina, a great year. the beautiful. Galaxina, the untouchable. <laughs> Galaxina, the invincible. She cleans. She cooks. She does windows and more. I've adjusted my temperature. I'm better than a human woman. Tension to the fourth dimension as they dodge death rays across the universe. Good guys, bad guys. Galaxina. What? Starring Stephen Mock, Avery Schreiber, James David Hinton, and introducing Dorothy R. Stratton, Playboy's Playmate of the Year, as your favorite gal, <laughs> Galaxina. I feel like the 
there's a reason I've never heard of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I Whoa, you got to buy it on Prime for four bucks? Uh, yeah, I know. You might see that charge yeah, later, actually. Yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> so I don't look know. At if... how, look at her pose. Playboy's Playmate of the Year. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys on YouTube uh, could hear the uh, sound. I was trying to mess with it, but I hope you did. Uh, if not, I'll put that uh, video on talkmore.com. But this is Galaxina, if you want to read the uh, little um, about page there. I can't really read that. I can. The crew of the police cruiser Infinity is finally heading home after a long stay in deep space. Deep just, space. Just when they think they're about to get some much needed rest and relaxation, the crew is given a new mission. Journey to the alien world Alter One to find the Blue Star, a mystical gem that holds unlimited power. The, their journey to find the Blue Star leads them to an outer space brothel full of alien women and a gang that worships Harley Daly Davidson motorcycles. What? <laughs> That's so freaking random. That's what it says on the screen. Brought to you by Harley Davidson. <laughs> Can Galaxina and the crew find the blue star and save the world? And what will the ship's pilots succumb to the beauty of the ship's sexy robot, Galaxina? All right, Galaxina. This is Dorothy Stratton. She is the Playboy of the Year, Playmate of the Year. Right? Playboy of the year. Wow, 3.7 out of 10 stars. Well, I had rated it higher, but... Oh, really? <laughs> I actually thought it, you were going to show us a, it was a porno at first. Uh, No, it's not a porno. I mean, she is in Playboy, though. And That's... she does... Like, through my thorough, thorough research of this case, <laughs> I found out that she does pose nude, which I'll put some photos on talkmer.com. But I'm not going to show you guys because I don't want to get banned from YouTube. Like, you the... may not want to put them on our website, <laughs> yeah, to be honest I, with you. Uh, I mean, I, I own the website. I can't ban myself. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to show you guys any nude photos, but she does pose naked as Playboys. So this is... She was the 1980 Playmate of the Year, which is a big thing. That's a centerfold. You guys, you guys know Playboy, right? I mean, I, 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 I know am you know aware it, but of what it is. I know what it is. I have never looked at it. Yeah. So Playboy, when it came out, it wasn't a porn magazine per se. It was more of a like an art, not art like drawing, but oh, look at the female body and the curves and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just porn, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. truckers buy it and they, you know, do things, you know, on their free time. But just I'm going to run over a little bit about Hugh Hefner because this guy is this guy's a sleazebag, man. He was. Yeah. He I died. used to like have. I was going to say, didn't he die? He like did. a lot of guys have respect for him and I used to, too. But I mean, it's kind of disgusting well now that you're married you say that yeah yeah and that's the only reason but the first issue of playboy hit in 1953 it soon started selling six million copies monthly now a little bit about hugh hefner now this doesn't really go with the story per se he was best friends with the guy that wrote the book that we're talking about hmm. and he did obviously employ miss dorothy stratton who you're looking at there but uh, he wasn't part of the murder or anything. Okay. But Hugh Marston Hefner, he was an ex he was extremely shy, and he came from a strict Methodist family. He was a virgin through his twenties. He did a little military time, and he was planning to marry 
a lady named Mildred. Now, this Mildred broke his heart. After that, he de- devoted his life to... Objectifying get, women? Yes, and basically <laughs> getting back at his the one that broke his heart. It's like really pathetic if you think about it. But um, here, let's... Granted, he's incredibly or was incredibly wealthy. Mm. So, you know, who had the last laugh? Yeah, so Playboy... You know, it's weird about Playboy because in the 60s, it was a thing. A lot of the movie actresses, including Marilyn Monroe, like they got their start from Playboy. So or it was, you know, people dreamed about being yeah, Playboy. Yeah, so uh, everyone dreams about going to Hollywood and being an actress. But soon it became, and this is what no one knew this was going to happen, but Playboy became the way to do that. You know, hmm. you get into Playboy and you get the centerfold, and now you're successful, and you can do movies. Does that make sense? It's like yeah, a yeah. bridge point. Yeah, and all the parties were like really yeah, and secretive. The, and... Exactly, in the mansion and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, I mean. Ugh. I, would I hope not they had t- a thorough cleaning crew. <laughs> I would not want to take any <laughs> type of luminol to that building mm, yeah, anywhere. No. Oh, yeah. Blacklight it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I was the book we're reading, I'll show you in a minute, but uh, Hugh Hefner basically had sex with he was like a uh, necrophile what is it nymphophile nymphomaniac nymphomaniac and if you wanted to work for Hugh Hefner he would always have sex with you in the jacuzzi like anyone that came to work for him like it was like uh, the first day of the job is you know training you'd have to have sex with him in his jacuzzi I feel like that's illegal but I'm just oh yeah I mean it's nowadays it is that confirmed yeah, well, all right, so the book we're reading, I'll show you the cover in a minute, but the guy used to be best friends with Hugh Hefner, and the book is like an expose because they kind of fell out of friendships mm-hmm. after Dorothy Stratton gets murdered, and then he kind of writes this book exposing Hugh Hefner and all of his stuff. So it's it's basically this guy's word against, you know, against Hugh Hefner, but I mean... I mean, how do you not believe it? I mean, the guy, mm-hmm. like, the naked bunnies walking around a, a house all day. They had leotards <laughs> and ears. <laughs> if they have ears, like, wouldn't they not necessarily be naked since they're wearing something? All right, so this is Dorothy Ruth Hogstratton. Do you uh, want to guess where that last name's from? It's not America. German? No, that's a good Holland. guess. No, it's a good guess. Finland? Our favorite country, Canada. Oh. She's Canadian. Hugh Hefner put her out as the first ever playmate from Canada. And it actually wasn't true. He lied to her about it just so she'll pose nude. But she was the second, but everyone thought she was the first. The first one didn't, like, no one bought the issue, so they just kind of pushed it under the rug. But so she was technically the first to pose nude from Canada, hmm. from any country besides America is what I'm trying to say. And this is in the Beverly Hills region where all this is, the mansion and stuff like that. I know they got a mansion out here somewhere. In South Carolina? No, not no, in South Carolina. That's what I thought you went to. I was like, there's a Playboy mansion in Charleston? <laughs> News to me. Huh? Yeah. But so this is Dorothy Ruth Hogstratton. Obviously, your name was changed for the Playboy to Stratton, it sounds, mm. I don't sounds know. Sounds better, yep. Yeah. Hoog Stratton. 
But this is the issue right here. If you ever find that issue, it's probably worth a lot of money huh. because this was the year that she got murdered. Playmate of the year and the year that she got murdered. And wow. a movie star. Ups and yeah. downs. Well, she wasn't, well, I wouldn't say movie star. All, all of her movies, movies kind of blew. <laughs> well, I mean, I could see that by the preview. So. <laughs> Galaxy. <laughs> I don't know. That looked really good. Looked it reminded really me of a... There was quite the ripoff of Star Wars. Yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, there were quite a few. It reminded me of Zach and Mary. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Star Horrors. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Re- oh, Return of the Shit. <laughs> If you tried to make a movie, that's that's the type of title that we would that we would get. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> Shit, I didn't know that was right there. Oh, all right. So this is Whoa. how it ended up. Now, look at the dude in the back too. Yeah, this is so. Let me show you Dorothy Stratton again. This is her, and this is how she ended up. Now, I need Poor to thing. I need to say that this is not a real death photo. Oh, this is. This is a very distasteful ad from Hustler magazine, <gasps> the competitor of Playboy. Playboy, but I could not find the death photo. I've looked everywhere. They put out this as an ad? Yeah, apparently wow. the death photo was leaked, and if you can find it, please send it to me. I looked on every site I can find. I could not find it, but apparently it is leaked somewhere. But this is the recreation of it from Hustler magazine and why the hell would they recreate that? Because they're competitors. So I'll read this because I know it's kind of hard to see. Yeah, I can't see that. I'm too busy looking at the fake brains that are on the floor. I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, how low? Like, number one, you're a hustler, hustler magazine, which is like... You're not doing much better. And like number two, yeah, but it's it's sleazy fucking. Yeah, exactly. Porn, That's what I'm saying. It's sleazy. <laughs> what do you and expect? Then, well, I, I expect them to not do something like that. this. Yeah. I mean, but I have morals, All I so can I see guess is that the headline: What sort of man reads Playboy? Yeah. So this was in the Hustler magazine, and I'll read this. Paul Snyder is the killer. Killer. Who's that other guy? Paul Snyder. That Paul, name sounds uh, familiar. You're talking about Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider, which I actually met his stunt double. That's pretty cool. Did I ever? T- I told you that, yeah. right? Yeah. He was in Hubie Halloween too. I'm pretty sure. Did it you guys was, watch that? I did. I'm pretty sure it was actually Rob Schneider, and he just didn't want to hang out with me. Oh well, <laughs> his loss. That's a shame. What Absolutely. sort of man reads Playboy? A man like Paul Snyder, for whom life was just one big blast. So he blew his head off and her head off with a shotgun. Until his ambitions were shattered by Dorothy Stratton, whether Paul was one of the 71% of Playboy readers who claim to be college educated is certainly academic now. Obviously, he had a serious problem relating to a woman who wasn't truly one of the flawless mannequins portrayed by the magazine that leads its field in seniority. But that's image for you. Perhaps if Paul had known the score, dealing with a real woman might not have been such a mind-blowing experience. Whoa. And I know I was having trouble reading that, but it's hard to see on the screen. But yeah, this was in Hustler magazine the year that this happened. That's that's bad. It's very distasteful. distasteful. But I mean, look at Hustler. And we're going to do that story eventually because that guy actually got shot by a serial killer. Who? Oh, the guy Larry that Larry Flint. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I don't really know the details, but I do want to do that story eventually. 
Well, did you know that a diva is the female version of a hustler? <laughs> is that a Beyonce quote? It is. Is that a hiccup girl cr- quote? <laughs> uh, you no. guys don't know that yet? Hiccup girl coming, coming out on Wednesday. Hiccup girl. Um, also, by the way, for you guys for videos, I don't actually see the comments on the YouTube page. I don't really know how to work it. So if you want to request a story, I don't have an email anymore. Just go to the blog under any comments and leave me a, a message. I'll see it. And then you can request your stories from there and talk to me there. All right. This is the book we're reading tonight. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Have you heard of him? I feel like I have Bogdanovich, but I don't know if it's him. I know that last name from somewhere, Bogdanovich. Yeah, so he is a film writer and director. He's the guy that was having an affair with Dorothy Stratton. Mm. And I'm just going to be honest, he's like 81, 82 now. He's he's just a big piece of trash, just like Hefner, man. I mean, he tries to make himself in the book seem like, oh, Dorothy was so beautiful and a unicorn and we made love and all this shit. And it's just, honestly, it's pathetic if you read it. It's really, like, shitty. And also the fact that this guy married after Dorothy gets her head blown off, he goes and marries her younger sister. Oh! Is another thing that... Ew! So this guy has directed plenty of movies, none that you've heard of. He used to date Aubrey Hepburn. Hmm. Oh, no, wow. not uh, Audrey. Not date her. He would cast her in movies, but he used to date, excuse me, uh, Sybil. Sybil? Sybil something. It was a big actress, Sybil something. I don't know. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Not Sally Field, who played Sybil in the movie Sybil, but there was a Sybil who was famous. Yeah, yeah Sybil, yeah. yeah. I um, can't remember her last name either, but I know who you're talking about. A little bit about this book. Didn't she? Wasn't she in Carrie? Uh... I, I don't know. Honestly, she's a blonde. She was Carrie. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. So. Wait, remember oh, when we watched yes, it? Yes, I do remember when we watched it. I'm sorry. The ending. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. You wouldn't. Ex- what did you expect? I don't know. After it was at the very end. Dump that pool of blood on her. The pig. No, blood. it was then at it, the very end. It was. When, it was like when they were looking at her, the bones in the field, or something. And then like she that. like pops up on the screen. Oh yeah, yeah. And I like freaked out. Yeah, I don't think Stephen King wrote that in there. I didn't read the book. They remade Pet Cemetery. Did they? Yeah, they remade the movie, and it was not as good as the original, and it was different than the original. A little bit about this book. This is kind of a memoir about the affair that Peter Bogdanovich was having with Dorothy Stratton. Mm-hmm. Now, she was married at the time, which we're about to get into, um. and this book is an expose, like I said, on Hugh Hefner, and it also cast a lot of the blame of her murder on Hugh Hefner as hmm. well. And a lot of it hasn't been substantiated, but he does blame Hugh Hefner for the murder. Not pulling the trigger or anything. But, for instance, he blames that Hugh Hefner was exploiting her and all this stuff, which is crazy. Because if you read this book, you're like, dude, you're doing the same thing. Mm. You know, the way you talk about her. Oh, she's so be- she's the be- most beautiful uh, it's just well, it makes you sick. It, I, it's very objectifying women, and I get it was in the eighties, but I do have it to would say not work nowadays. That the magazine ex- itself and putting women in the position to pose nude 
whether or not i mean like i know it was consensual but like that is exploiting women and objectifying mm-hmm. women yeah so of course i mean i would agree with that 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 he would say that hugh hefner was exploiting women especially the image of playboy um but yeah that's i mean i understand what you're saying that he's doing the same thing too but well he was like in the book he's he's saying stuff like oh hugh hefner just wanted to have sex with dorothy and it was the girl that he the only one that he couldn't get this is the only playgirl that walked through the mansion that he hadn't slept with and then at the next chapter he's like oh yeah the first time that i had sex with her it's just like dude you're such a piece of trash too Mm. like jesus lord anyway and then he marries her sister yeah that's not okay are you serious dude anyway i know and even britney murphy's mom and her late her ex-husband even till this day he says that dorothy stratton is still his one love yeah, you, you married, married her, sister. her sister. Yeah, that's a bad look, bro. That's real weird. Yeah. So this is the book. I don't recommend it. It's I'll put I don't recommend I'll it. I'll put the book link I on. I read uh, it so you don't have to. <laughs> Talkmur.com. It's it's not in printing more, but it is in the uh Wayback uh, Machine Archive archive, whatever. So what Nicole will be reading tonight is quotes from the book, everything that she's gonna be reading. Hefner roamed about lost. He continued to read sex books and any pornography he could find and masturbated regularly. His favorite dream was to strip and seduce everybody's girl next door, the one who had broken his heart. He has got a problem. They all got problems, yeah. The author or Hugh Hefner? This is Hugh Hefner. I'm but thinking Hugh has a... I mean, he well, does. Yeah. I mean, he does, this, the reason I put this slide in there is just to show you that uh, a little bit like what I said about Hefner. All right, so here is where we're going for the murder tonight is August 13th. That's my birthday. Well, not yeah, the year. Yeah, it is. I knew that. I actually put in my notes here, it's Jen's birthday. It's crazy. It says, be sure to point out the fact that that is Jen's birthday, August 13th. August 13th. <laughs> oh, shit. You're such a dick. <laughs> 212 Copa de Oro Road in Bel Air. At the Copa, Copa Cabana. Pretty sure Oro means gold. gold. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's look at the house, the murder house. So this is the house right here. It's pretty cute. This is in Bel Air. Hmm. I bet that's worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Now it is, especially. I mean, it's a murder house. Uh, is it, I wonder if it's still there because weren't there yeah, fires there. in Bel Air? Oh, or, I, oh like, I don't know about that. Like the whole wildfires that was started by a gender reveal. God. Oh my God, really? Yeah. The end of humanity as we know it is well, brought upon God. by gender, <laughs> by <a> gender reveal. <laughs> <laughs> if I have kids, I don't think I want to have a gender reveal party. Like, I don't get it. Well, how many people died out that fire? A lot. A well, lot of homes destroyed. I wonder if they're well, what like, was are they it? liable. What was it, man? Was it a girl or a boy? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't obviously know. that's more important than hundreds of lives and well they didn't mean <laughs> to start a wildfire they just did no they're just dumb human they're just beings. idiots that's what but I, anyway well didn't i didn't like a didn't like a grandma get blown up too oh <laughs> no i think you're thinking of there was no there legitimately was something about a, a grandparent having a heart attack in in a gender reveal as well you i know, just want to have like cut a cake and have it be that i don't need any pyrotechnics or anything like that also, I'm probably not going to be having kids because, you know, that's... You still got time. You got like 
two more or three more years. Oh, my God, babe. <laughs> Ignore him. He's not wrong. My biological is clock wrong. is ticking. He is wrong. And you can always freeze your eggs. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Baby. I, again, he's not wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. He's just annoying. <laughs> there was this, you remember that one, um, he was like, this guy was proposing to his uh, fiance in oh, the shark drowned? tank. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was really sad. I mean, sad. dude, what? Do you, are you, if you want to propose, just say, hey, you're going to marry me? Just do what you did and wake me up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I feel bad. You want your ring now? <laughs> I did not do that. Yes, did. I took you on a scavenger hunt. No, you did not. You woke me up in the middle of the night. Hey, are you are you asleep? <laughs> Best but night you, of your life. But you know what? <laughs> Nobody died in the making of... <laughs> our proposal so you know, i was yeah. sad because i couldn't be there for it i was i woke up the next day and i found out and i was like this happened at the house and i didn't even know uh, couldn't even take pictures or anything i mean that would be weird though like if john was like hey i'm about to i'm about to do this <laughs> <laughs> so this is the uh, bedroom that uh dorothy was shot in oh this is actually from a movie about dorothy's murder and they, they filmed, filmed it, it in at the, house? the house? Yeah, they filmed it at the house. And again, bad <laughs> taste. What is wrong with Hollywood and, and these like, people? Yeah, what else are we going to do at the house? May as well sh- have a, shoot a movie there. Nobody uh, wants to buy it, I'm sure, immediately after. <laughs> May as well shoot the feature I guess, film. I guess yeah. maybe we were Lifetime just... original. It probably it? was Lifetime yeah, movie. I, I would... This is from the book. The doctor went into the room. Snyder was lying on the floor, his face blasted away. There was an arc of his brains and blood splattered across one wall and the entire ceiling. It was later ascertained that he had been on his knees when he pulled the trigger, and the impact had ricocheted him forward onto the floor with the weapon frozen in his hands. So who was this Snyder guy? Oh, (laughs) that was a well-timed question. Describe this guy for us. Uh, Rico Suave Mustache. I was going to say Don Julio. (laughs) Don Julio. (laughs) Paul Schneider. Actually, Paul Leslie Schneider. Schneider or Schneider? He was actually banned from the the Playboy Mansion. One can only assume why. But he was married to Dorothy Stratton. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. This was her husband. Yeah, excuse me. Oh. Yeah, sorry. I should have pointed that out earlier. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it might have been. Oh, no. no, he was banned from. Because well, I'm about to show you why he was. He banned. was banned because so that's why Dorothy didn't have sex with Hugh, although she did have sex with the author of this book. No, uh, Dorothy from the author You're of this book. Getting ahead of us. Dorothy was a a literal girl next door. She didn't go around. She wasn't a, a hussy. Uh huh. Like a, a lot of the playboys are. Mm-hmm. She was thrown into this role, you know, with her. By her husband? Yes. But Paul Leslie Snyder, he was banned from the Playboy Mansion. Because he was a husband. No, not because of his husbandry, but because he was a, quote, dime store pimp. Oh. So look how he's dressed. Yeah. He, um. I can see that. They said that he used too much vulgarity and he was. A strutting machismo. 
a little bit about his backgrounds. He was living on the streets since he was 14 years old. I mean, I think my mom has that shirt. So. <laughs> I'm going to bring back that look. With the V-necks, they go all the way oh down. Like, almost to the belly button. <laughs> and the hair. Seven. See, I don't have the hair. I need to get a hair transplant on my chest. No, I don't think you do. I know exactly where they can take it from. <laughs> Paul Leslie Schneider, he was living on the street since he was 14. And once he worked in his father's, quote, sweatshop. His father ran a sweatshop and had kids cutting leather and making shoes. And then at night, he was on the streets actually working for legit pimps. And he did a lot of drugs. And he was known on the streets as, quote, the Jewish pimp. This guy is a legit pimp. Oh boy, one wow. like a pimp. Look like, at that bulge. I was gonna say he could not be wearing any title. <laughs> it's like his full penis. <laughs> it, it looks like there's an issue though. It looks like there's. It's like he's hiding an apple down there. Well, you got to push he, it well, off to one all, side. First yeah. of all, he's is wearing it, the world his... wrestling <laughs> belt around his belt. See, I, I usually push mine to the right. Wait, he is... really likes that shirt. That's the same that shirt. Is, that is his right. That is, that's, no, no, that's, that's his, his left. left. I push mine to the right. He's more of a lefty. Actually, so, mine... so is he pushing his twigs and dingleberries all the time? Is that why? It's... Actually, mine just stays in the middle because it isn't long enough to oh go my in God. direction. So, no, wait, but I have a serious anatomical question. Like, like is Anatomical that... No, I do. Like, is like, that if, his balls you and have penis? To, do you have to push it to the side so that it doesn't like go back and forth when you walk? Or you like... can tuck it in. I mean, I think when you're wearing pants that tight, you have to yeah. push yeah, but it to no, a I side. No, I mean, like, normally, like, regular I mean, pants. sometimes I turtle it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turtle it. <laughs> I don't think, no, I think normally it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, but, like, when you're walking, does it, like, swing back and forth? Hell, like, yeah, dig in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I glad love... I don't have to worry oh, about dude, that. Oh, dude, y'all are missing out. I love my penis and balls. I mean, <laughs> dude, <laughs> they're like the best things ever to play with and just have around. It's like a, another friend. He's always there with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're talking to someone else, you would assume that they're joking. Like, he is not. Like, no. this is this is a very serious topic for him. All guys understand that, yeah. Paul is a literal pimp. A pimp. And his... Hand gesture. Yeah. <laughs> Where's his cane and his hat? Yeah, that's really all he's missing. Well, at this time... I cannot. Like, I need to take the picture. <laughs> it's very distracting. <laughs> wow. And not in a good way. Okay. Okay, well, you can read this. This is about his coke habit. <laughs> For those who could afford it, rubbed coke on the penis, which serving as an anesthetic prolongs an erection and delays orgasm. Inhaling it numbs the feeling as well so that the man becomes a mindless battering ram in pursuit of senseless destructive pleasure. Sounds like this author knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I, know, I, mean, right? I, did, I didn't even think that was an option. I mean, what the battering ram? No, no you like, can rub coke on your penis, and it takes it into your body. No, I don't know. Well, that's what he just said. I don't know. I'll try it later. <laughs> <laughs> All I got is bacon soda, though. <laughs> I feel like, but I also feel like if that's what you're doing, and you know, you're fooling around with a girl, like it, you know, it would also be beneficial for her if she had a coke problem. I'm sure to get through that, it would be beneficial for her to have a coke problem. Like I just don't get it. I just don't get. I'd... 
I don't know. Different time. This is the 80s. That's when Coke was like the thing to do. Yeah. Now we just drink. Well, now it's Giggle Pig. (laughs) 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 Paul Snyder was a legit pimp. And I mean that. His job, once he, I mean, because he moved out at 14, 15, he was on the streets. He would pimp out women and have them drive them around and push them out to have sex. And then he was a pimp. Like, I know it didn't look like it, but he was a legit pimp. No, he looked like a pimp. He did. Because the costume that you saw earlier, I think this was what he wore to uh, Hugh Hefner's Halloween get together. And they. Well, he liked that shirt because he was wearing it in the other picture, too. Well, so Hugh Hefner said hey this guy looks like a pimp and they told dorothy that and then dorothy's like ah it's just his halloween costume but legit he was a pimp oh and she married him and didn't know that he was a pimp like that's something that i think you would want to know well yeah do you think dorothy stratton this innocent woman would ever be in playboy if she didn't meet this guy so this is where the story is going if you haven't figured out he she dorothy stratton was actually pimped out to Playboy by Paul Schneider. Ah. You see what I'm saying? What a right. gem. Yeah. Well, she was very pretty. I meant the guy. All right, let me talk. No, I know, but I was making a separate oh, comment. Oh. So Dorothy Hogstratton, she was born in Vancouver. She was actually born at the Vancouver Salvation Army Hospital. Now, she was born in 1960, and the murder happened in 1920. So if my math... 1980. Um, so she was negative oh. neg- <laughs> negative 40 years old. <laughs> oh, shit. Dorothy Hogstraten, and I believe I'm pronouncing her name correctly, maybe Hogstraten. She was born at the Vancouver Salvation Army Hospital. She was 13 when she started to retreat into her own world. So you would say she wasn't emo, but if that there were were no, it wasn't no, emo. No, it wasn't at the emo. Time. She was, was she was she struggling with depression? <laughs> <laughs> was it really windy in here? <laughs> Can you shut that window? <laughs> oh yeah, there was a blizzard. We were just talking about cocaine. Jen's cut to... off. Nor'easter. No, she was just, um, for instance, in the book, it has a lot of her poetry. And it's not dark, but, you know, it's almost like any girl in grade school. I know you wrote in a journal. I mean, in my journal, I talked about how Subway was the best day and I just love Tuesdays because I do. Okay. So take like your journal and make it uh, like more, the words more, you know, meaningful. Ouch. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that, but more I like think you did. More like deep. Well, you know, you talk about oh, more deep. Oh, she told you like to go to the. That was. I mean, that was in grade like two. So you want me to go to like grade six and seven I mean when like that. I was I meant... seated next to a boy that I liked, and he was like really upset about it because a girl that had a crush on him was. Yeah. So she wouldn't write that. She would write stuff like, "Oh, the autumn blows leaves and." You know, I wonder what's in the stars. Well, you know what? It was meaningful to me. 
what I'm trying to say is she was not destined to be on Playboy. That was the last thing that she would ever think. She had no dreams of modeling. At 14, she started working at my favorite place. Hooters? <laughs> 14 working at Hooters? <laughs> Dairy Queen. Oh. Love them dip cones at Dairy Queen. <laughs> I almost stopped at Dairy Queen on the way home from Savannah yesterday, but I was like, I can't go without John and Nicole because they'll be upset. <laughs> oh, so I need to point out the the reason we use unicorn as the hint and the reason this book is called Unicorn is because that was her favorite animal. She actually told one of the... <laughs> the play, what? What? How is that funny? <laughs> because if someone were to ask what's your favorite animal, I would choose a real a re- animal. <laughs> Okay, it'd be like even if you were to say the dodo bird, like the dodo or dinosaurs extinct. So are dinosaurs, but people love dinosaurs. I I don't know if I would really find people who would say that that's their favorite animal though. Well, again, I am offended. At fourteen, she started working at Dairy Queen, and this is actually where she meets the love of her life, Don Julio, Paul Schneider. I thought the love of her life was was was. The Brogdanovich guy. He, she was the love of his life. <laughs> yeah, it he was just was obsessed with her. Oh, got she it. was kind of finding comfort in him because, as you'll see, her marriage was bad, completely ridiculous. Now, her family, your head is ridiculous. Her fam, her her dad leaves the family when she was only four years old. He didn't respond to her graduation at all. Her high school graduation like hadn't he even didn't t- come or did, did didn't didn't come, had no ties with the family, didn't want to talk to his daughter, but was there at the funeral, huh. if that makes sense, with the cameras and the press. Does that make sense? Looking yeah. for the money. Yeah. So you can kind of see like her journals or does that make sense? Like her dad leaves and her mom is struggling. Her mother, Nellie Shap, she cleaned homes. She was a maid. And at age seven, Dorothy actually had to begin working as well doing whatever, helping her clean so she could go to nursing school, right? So you can see Dorothy didn't grow up with a silver spoon and she never even thought she was really pretty. I mean, she thought she was pretty, but does that make sense? She was a very normal person. Mm -hmm. She had no dreams of Playboy. She had no dreams of movie stardom, of Galaxina, all this stuff. That was nowhere in her her mind at the time. Go ahead and read this. This is from the book. Tall, blonde, blue-eyed, thin but voluptuous, Dorothy Stratton was the quintessential American sweetheart, although she was Canadian, maybe a little too beautiful to be the girl next door. She was an A high school graduate who was especially interested in law and acting and who expressed herself best in poems. Kind, selfless, and good-natured, Dorothy was an angel in the shape of Aphrodite. Her beauty, a friend of mine would say, had a kind of genius. So you can kind of see how creepy this dude is. Yeah, I mean. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> if you want to read this, this is a, more from the book. At 14, she began a part-time job at, in a Dairy Queen. It was great to get to work that young, she would write, but I turned 15 and 16 and 17, and at 18 I was still working there, wearing a little red uniform with my hair and pigtails. Here's a little rare interview 
I don't know who the uh, interviewer is. Maybe. And uh, this is the result. Johnny Carson. She was named Playmate of the Year. Mm. So we thought um, we would say the dessert to last. We sure tonight. Would you welcome Dorothy Stratton? When did you know? How how long before did you know that you were selected as Playmate Um, of the Year? Well, we started shooting the issue sometime in October of 1979. Right. And we finished in March of 1980. Right. She also has a country accent. Yeah. You received, it used to be in the early days, I remember the gals would get uh, a few little prizes, but this year you got uh, quite a bunch of things, right? I got a $65,000 Russian sable fur coat, and a $25,000 check, and a $26,000 Jaguar, and... That's very specific. And a $13,000 bathtub, and... (laughs) What, what? $13,000. It's made of brass. It's handmade and it has oh, wait, that's uh, four jacuzzi jets on the inside. It's about 10 people. Oh, lovely. That's about 10 people. What are we going to tell the other eight? Not to... <laughs> I'm not going back on that. I would definitely like to put them at $13,000. Yeah. You, uh, you're from Vancouver, uh-huh. I imagine. Now, what did you do in Vancouver? Were you a professional model at all before? No, I just graduated from high school when. Uh, I was approached by Playboy, and I was working in a telephone company. I was a clerk typist. You're putting me on. No, I worked there just six weeks before they carried me away. That was good. Good move. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing that ever came out of the telephone company. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, what, what's this business of uh, what's this business of working in an ice cream stand? I worked there for four years, um, yeah. part time while I was going through high school. All right. Anyway, I'll put that uh, interview on TalkMurder.com for you guys. Uh, this is some of uh, her journal, her poetry. If you want to read this, a little bit about Subway there. <laughs> I mean, uh, Disneyland, sorry. <laughs> Dairy Queen? <laughs> oh. It's here, everything. Everything anyone ever dreamed of and more. But love is lost. The only sacrifice to live in this heaven, this Disneyland, where people are the games. You can kind of see that she's not the... The stuck-up hussy type of uh, girl. Now, I put this slide in there. This is more from the book, but her first boyfriend, and this is going to kind of show you how her and Paul got together. Her first boyfriend seemed to only want to have sex with her, and that was it. This is from her journal right here. Sometimes we'd get along real, really well, and then he would ruin everything by dragging me to the bedroom. I dreaded that so much, but felt I owed it to him. Sometimes I thought that was all he wanted from me because he used to get angry when I refused him. I thought sex was the most animalistic and beastly thing ever to be invented. Steve never pleased me. I dreaded the end of the night when I had to give myself up to him. It was sort of like a game I kept losing, and that was how I lost. Oh my gosh, that is so sad. That's really sad. Wow. Yeah. So... You know, that kind of makes, when she's talking about the $28,000 Jaguar and stuff, it's kind of like, she's almost like, wow, I can't believe this. Like, that would never happen for a girl like her Mm. kind of thing. But uh, let's talk about how they met Dorothy Stratton and Paul. Paul Snyder, he was traveling Canada as a pimp and working different locales. He ended up in Vancouver 
and he walked into the Dairy Queen in late 1977. He was literally scouting as a pimp. He sees Dorothy Stratton, Hog Stratton, and he says, hmm, I bet she can make me some good money. Hmm. He then noticed that she wasn't like the other girls that he would have worked for him. She was actually a genuine nice girl. He also knew that her body, her physique, was well enough to be in Playboy. Playboy was like the thing. It was about to hit the 25th anniversary of Playboy. He thought in his head, I wonder if I can get her to be the 25th anniversary girl for Playboy, because that was a big thing. 25 years, it's going to be a huge media event. And that way, it would make me rich as well. That was his motivation. Mm. Now, she actually almost won that. She didn't win it because of Paul, her husband, pushing her around and just being just a shithead. And she ended up losing a bunch of weight. She looked not, she didn't look good enough to be in the cover. I remember reading uh, some of the stuff. She was in, under so much stress that she lost all this weight and her like right or left boob became smaller than the other one. And they had actually had to fix it with like fo- whatever Photoshop at the time in the 1980 Playboy with hers. This is like computer generated boob. Hmm. Because they were different sizes. Interesting. Um, but I, I never heard of that before. I guess stress can do stuff like that to you. He wanted her to strip for the Playboy's 25th Playmate contest. It was a highly publicized event, but she refused to pose naked. She would actually cry when she thought about posing nude. And actually during her first nude pose for Playboy, she was crying and if you look at the pictures, if you don't just look at them for nudes and you go back and look at the pictures, like her face, not just her body, but her face, you can see that she's not really there. She's not like, oh, I'm sexy, like a tiger. She's <laughs> kind of yeah. almost like she's used. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. She feels that way. And you can really see it. If you read this book, you won't notice it unless you know that fact. And then you see the photos. I'll put some of them. Up on Talk Murder, not with the nude, but just show so you can see her face. It kind of looks like she's an old soul, mm. you know, but she just doesn't want to be there type of thing. During each shoot, she would be crying and they would have to put the makeup on her eyes. I mean, that's how bad, right? Jeez. He actually told Dorothy that he was a promoter, not a pimp. And she actually believed him because he did host a car show and it was pretty successful. So he, she just thought he was a promoter. He hired a photographer because you got to send in your own submissions to the Playboy 25th contest. And he promised her she didn't have to pose nude. This guy's name was E.W.E. You? You. You. This guy's name was U. Meyer. After Paul was talking to him, they agreed that he's going to kind of convince her to get naked. Now, the really weird thing about this is you, the photographer, U. Meyer, was also Dorothy's photographer for all of her high school pictures and all the other girls' high school pictures, like the profile pictures for the yearbook. So it's like kind of weird, kind of disgusting and gross. So this is how Paul thought he was going to make Dorothy fall in love with him. And he was right. 
He thought that the extraordinary sensation of a first orgasm would enslave a naive, romantic young girl like Dorothy Ruth Hogstraten. When Dorothy felt an orgasm for the first time, she believed some part of herself would be forever in his debt. What she had discovered in her own body and heart, she identified with Snyder and clung to him as the source, not realizing she had really found it in herself. The explosion had awakened something powerful. Perhaps this was love, she thought. So she fell for Paul Snyder, and on August 13, 1978, she took an airplane to L.A. to the Playboy building. That's when she started getting involved with this. She very quickly made a series of movies within two years. She was dead in 1980, and her last movie was called They, uh, they All Laughed, I believe, something like that. It was directed by this weirdo bog bog uh bog, boganovich hmm. yeah and it didn't do very well but so she, her fame was very short-lived because she wouldn't sleep with hugh hefner they kind of shunned her a little bit hmm. and didn't let her work as because if you're working for playboy in the mansion you're like a waitress you wear the bunny ears you walk around you make some money like that but since she wouldn't sleep with hugh hefner they they wouldn't let her do that hmm. So she had to find her own work when she wasn't getting paid by Playboy. And no one would hire a model because that's what the only thing she could do, right? They wouldn't hire her because she had already posed naked. And no one, you don't want to put this girl on the dentist, kid's dental commercial when she was, you know what I'm saying? So she could find no work. And also she was Canadian. So she was literally stuck in the United States and running out of money and everything else. Not only that... She started falling out of love with Paul Snyder. And this is when she started hanging around with this Bogdanovich guy. And um, Paul Snyder, he was obviously using her. He would spend his days in a cheap apartment watching television. When she goes out, she would wake up really early. She would work at the mansion when they let her. She'd work all day. Now, this is when she was in good standing with Playboy. She would actually kind of retreat away to the mansion because there was like hidden rooms and stuff to get away from Paul Snyder because she fall, fell out of love with him. Mm-hmm. But they were married at the time. Right. Got it. So when this murder happens is when she is trying to get him to sign the divorce papers. But she does. But he doesn't want to get divorced because that's the golden goose. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. So let's go back Thursday, August 14th, 1980. Now, this is between noontime and 1 p.m. Dorothy had went to Paul Snyder's house, her husband's house, to talk about the divorce. Now, he didn't know just yet that he's getting a divorce, but she was going to let him know, basically. This is how good of a person Dorothy was. She wanted him to have everything. She didn't want to split it down the middle. She just wanted him to have it. She, at one point told a reporter that she wanted to just buy him a house because I mean, if it wasn't for him, she wouldn't be here. Right. You know, so she did owe him something. And I believe she stayed in the marriage because she owed him something. Well, maybe also like letting him have everything would kind of make her feel like she didn't owe him anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, Paul Snyder didn't want to get divorced because that was his golden goose. And at this point with the movie she was making and everything else and then she found out about the he found out about affairs and stuff like that it's getting to a tension point she goes to the murder house 
to meet Paul. This is Thursday, August 14th, 1980. Between noon and 1 p.m., he puts her on a bondage machine that they have. If a you want, machine? Yeah, if you want to read this. Uh, they called it a fuck chair. It looked more like an old shoe shine stand. There were so many different places to put feet, hand, hands, knees, and rear. So for several hours, she was getting sodomized violently. I mean, they were talking about in the book that uh, it, it was like her body was torn. <gasps> and he knew that it was pretty much going to be it. So he was he raped her and then eventually let her go. But, but when she was trying to run out, he takes the shotgun and shoots her head and shoots her face. She throws up her left arm to cover the shotgun blast and her left forefinger was shot off the entire left side of her face was actually shot off as well and she was dead and for the next hour after that paul spent the next hour raping her corpse he then wrote a suicide note and killed himself if you want to read this there was enough evidence to prove without doubt that snyder used the bondage machine to strap his estranged wife and rape her and that he also sodomized her so forcibly and with such brutality that it literally tore her body apart. The pain that the sodomy caused her would have been the most excruciating torture. After shooting away the left side of her face, Snyder apparently moved the body a number of times, holding her head up by the hair. He had rear-entry intercourse to orgasm with the corpse. Then he turned the shotgun on himself and blew his face away. Wow. Dorothy did not look dead. Her torso was draped over the end of the bed, her hair hanging down, still vibrant. There were bloody finger marks on her buttocks and one shoulder. The coroner later found semen in her vagina and rectum. The violent sodomy had disfigured her. A long black line of ants and other insects led to her face Ew. with a similar trail crawling towards Snyder's head. How long were they there before someone found them? Uh, about six hours. Something like that. Jeez. So if this is basically what it looked like. Now, apparently there is a photo out there that a real crime scene photo, but I couldn't find it. But this is how it ended. This is pretty much an accurate recreation of how it went down. Jesus. So that's okay. the end of Dorothy Snyder or excuse me, Dorothy Stratton. And that's another thing. I mean, she didn't even take uh, Paul's last name when they got married. Mm. No, that doesn't matter. But. So did Playboy have a formal statement or response to Hustler's ad? No, I didn't see anywhere that they did that. They were always competing, not competing, but doing stuff like that to each other. Mm. I mean, you can say it's distasteful, but they're both, you know, sleaze mags. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, I wouldn't give them much more credit. But yeah, I, I learned a lot about Hugh Hefner and... This guy, he was a, gross. he was gross. This guy that wrote the book, he was gross. I mean, poor Dorothy. Like the only, I mean, she, I don't think she really wanted this lifestyle, but I don't know. I'll put a lot of uh, sources and stuff on talkmore.com, some pictures, some videos, if you guys want to see them, but that's pretty much what I got. I don't want to run this too long. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for our video people hi friends so i hope you loved this story and uh be sure to go to talkmore.com to leave me a comment and you can request some stories if you want we put out episodes every tuesdays and fridays 
So be sure to subscribe if you're not. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.